Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Well, welcome back, Phoenix. Beautiful morning out there. Great news. And uh, we'll get right back to the phones with Les. Hello, Les. Uh, this is crazy, Les. Anyway, <laughs> not, uh, not, not, not any worse than the host, Les. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm going to take out an old uh, mulberry tree, too. And I was wondering, do you recommend a plum tree? Oh, a, a fruiting a plum? One. Yeah. Yeah, my, my favorite's a beauty plum. Beauty's a it's green. What? It's called beauty, like Beauty and the Beast. Okay. But Beauty Plum is a green okay. plum, but it's very prolific. It's very sweet and uh, does exceedingly well here. Oh, awesome! And when can how late can you plant that? Because I haven't cut the tree down yet. Well, you know, probably would wouldn't want to plant it after May, but until May, it'd be fine. Till May, okay. Till May, all right, good. And then, uh, what about? Uh, raspberries here in the. I'm in Central Phoenix. Well, forget raspberries. You can grow blackberries though. Blackberries will do very well. Raspberries, it's not the climate. So possibly, uh, I lost your signal. Yeah. Well, anyway, so blackberries are the answer, uh, less and. Uh, okay. There, there we go. All okay. right. And. And do they come back every year? Yes, blackberries. Are, in fact, we're going to have some Arkansas blackberries that will have two crops a year and are thornless. And we should have them in the nursery in the next couple of weeks. I'm just waiting to get certified Arkansas. from Louisiana. So we'll have them okay, in. Okay, so they're called Arkansas blackberries? Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. Thanks so much, buddy. Thanks, Les. Bye-bye. Thank uh, let's see. Next we have uh, Juan in South Phoenix. Good morning, Juan. Hey, good morning. How are you? Wonderful, sir. Hey, I've got a question. I've got uh, my grandkids uh, are interested in uh, growing an ocotillo fence, mm-hmm. and I'm looking for some ocotillo. Where well, can I find? <laughs> you can't go cut them out of the desert unless you had somebody that had some private land. You know, and if you had somebody that had private land or if you had a neighborhood somewhere, you know, we could take them out of a neighborhood. But, you know, they're protected, so you can't harvest them from the desert. Um, We used to sell Ocotillo fence like that, but we don't uh, anymore. You can buy, you know, bare root Ocotillos. And if you buy the bare root Ocotillos, um, you know, you could chop them into pieces and grow them into a fence uh, that way. And uh, so if you bought one plant, you could get, uh, you know, probably on average six or eight pieces. How how large a fence you want to try and grow one? Oh, you know, this is just for demonstration. Mm-hmm. I just want to show I just want to show my grandkids what we used to do as young kids, you know, watching our fathers do mm-hmm. and down in Alameda in, uh, in uh, Douglas area. So was, yeah. was, you your, know, was, your, was I, your father I, a miner down in Douglas one? Yes, he was for yeah. Dodge. Yeah, my uh, yeah. my my grandfather got ran out of Douglas. He had to go work in Globe. <laughs> but, but that's another that's story. Where, that's where we ended up too. We ended up in Globe too. Yeah, my yeah we yeah but, yeah, but uh, Brian, uh, uh, we used to go and help the uh, uh, the, uh, the fathers and grandfathers. You know, cut cut ocotillos and mm-hmm. bring them, and we used to. 
I I used to watch him make a furrow, put the put the the the, the cotillo down, and then uh, weave it with wire, mm-hmm. and on uh, you know copper wire, believe it. And then, <laughs> In those days, yeah. <laughs> and then and then it grew. I mean, the, the fence it was. Then it bloomed, you know, and it was beautiful, good-looking fans. I was relating that. To my, I was relating that to my grandkids, and they said, "Ah, no way," you know. And I just want to show them, you know. That's, but uh, you say I can buy bare wood. Well, bare wood, wood, but you know what? I would do one up in your neighborhood, South Phoenix. Okay, if you go up above South yeah. Mountain Boulevard, and if you go along the older homes in there, okay, anywhere from about. Uh, Oh, say 16th or 20th Street, you know, all the way over to 7th Avenue. You can drive along mm-hmm. there and you'll find somebody that's got a real overgrown Ocotillo that's grown out there in a desert landscape. And I would think if you'd knock on their door and explain to them what your program is, and they would probably allow you to prune and thin their big Ocotillo because it's going to make theirs look better anyway. And you could take their big Ocotillo and thin it. So, you know, if you're a South Phoenix guy, you know, and we're South Phoenix people down there too, I would just, uh, just take a drive, you know, this afternoon. And, and drive along those neighborhoods, you're going to find some really overgrown acacias, and I bet you'll find, I bet you'll find a neighbor just give you all the cuttings you want. Wow, well, that's great! I appreciate that. Oh, also, another question: 1957 GMC out there in your South Phoenix store. Uh huh. Are you going to sell it? You want to sell it? No, you know, I always wanted a 57 GMC pickup truck with a gun rack and a ro- goat ropers need love to sticker, you know. So I haven't got the goat ropers need love to sticker on it yet, but I just always wanted that model. So, you know, and I, don't, I get around like the average guy does to fixing things, so it's still sitting there. And, you know, when I'm gone, you could probably buy it, but, <laughs> but hopefully that's not too soon. Uh, well, yeah, I'll, I'll probably be gone before you. <laughs> well, Juan, take care, and thanks for the call. Hey, no, no, it's just a pleasure. You know, I've, I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time, and and uh, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you very much for the time. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm sure up in that neighborhood, Juan, you can find somebody that'll give you the Acatillo cuttings. Yeah, I just want to show my grandkids what we used to do oh, when no. we were kids. You know, there's there's a lot of fun things. You know, unfortunately, my minor grandfather, I never had the opportunity to meet. He died in a mine in Boreana. But uh, well, that's, that's another story for another day. Juan, thanks for the call. Hey, absolutely. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Joe and Mesa. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Brian. I'm just calling to put a bid in for your 57. <laughs> <laughs> No, my question, my question is about scorpions. Uh-huh. Okay, they haven't come out yet, but I wanted to know the best approach or anything I can do to deter them from coming. Because I think way back when we got landscape rock delivered, we never had a problem until then. And I believe that the scorpions were in the rock and they, you know, sort of like make their homes around in the block walls and everything. Mm-hmm. So is there any non-toxic uh, pesticides and are there and or plants that keep them um, at, at bay? You know, they have pre-emergence for weeds and everything. Don't they have anything for this? Well, with scorpions, the one thing that does kind of work is diametaceous earth. 
Okay, and oh, so, yeah, okay. Right, and so yeah. when, when they walk through the diametations, earth oil diametons, uh, basically will puncture their outer skin, their exoskeleton, and then they'll bleed out and die. So that can work fairly well. Um, it's, you know, not going to be 100%, nothing is. And what we've right. found our best results are number one, not to leave any litter pile, lumber, and that kind of things around. And then in the summertime, a black light and a sword going scorpion hunting at night, uh, you can thin that population down considerably. That is fun. It is fun. <laughs> it is fun. I know. But uh, there's no like plants like I heard the pyrethrum or, or the uh, chrys, uh, chrysanthemum. Pyrethrums are made from chrysanthemums, but you would have to spray it right on the scorpion to kill him. And oh, you uh, don't use like, yeah, that, that, that's not going to no. You can't. It's not going to last, and it, it's not going to oh. be very effective. The truthfully, the most effective is remove as many homes as you can. But like you say, they'll live in block walls and in rock in different places. And then secondarily, you know, by keeping other litter and things out, you're going to keep down their food source, which is mainly crickets and, and small insects, and that yeah. will help some too. And um, yeah. you know, besides that, you got to hunt hunt them down. Okay, yeah, I didn't want to do anything toxic or anything, you know, get a, you know, a pesticide control people in there and, uh. Well, the diametaceous know. earth is 100% safe and, you know, it's, you're going to have to flatten the ground out so they have to walk through it. But they're going to come out of those walls at night and go hunting. So if you've got a border of that along the wall, the ones that go through that, the diametaceous earth will die. Good idea. So just make the rock away from the wall like a couple of inches, correct? Yeah, because you're going to have to have a flat place, so they actually have to walk through the diametation. Right. right. Yeah. You can't just pour it on the rocks. No, because it, it they're going to, well, it would work probably to a certain degree, but it would work better if you had a flat border of it. Okay. Well, that sounds good. All right. Thanks, Joe. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Uh, Barbara in Paradise Valley. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, um, I had a question about um, a plant that I can put up a plant right against my west wall. Uh, I used the wall. Uh, we used to have the, the neighbors oleanders that shaded us and protected us. And now they have had to take them down because of the whatever it is, the water, whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. Um, I know there's hopsy bush. I need something very hardy. And again, it's sometimes it's reflective back there. And there's a pool about, oh, 12 to 15 feet after the wall. So we'd want it kind of clean and just something tall, very slim, hardy. You don't, you don't want to just plant bougainvillea and get a cute pool boy? <laughs> oh, wait. Bougainvillea. I mean, Bougainvillea do great, but you know, you did until you, you mentioned the pool. I thought, oh, we got to figure it out for. Her. And then that pool thing, you know, you'll have to have a handsome pool boy there to clean out the leaves out of the oh. pool because they'll, they'll yeah, be, no. they'll, the leaves will be falling. Uh, hop seeds not a bad choice. There's a lot of other desert kinds of plants. Um, I, I would rather have desert something. Okay, hop seeds my last. I mean, I've had well, them before. I'll tell, you, I'll tell yeah. you, Barbara, what's a little slower, but it's permanent and really hardy when they're established or. Or, or olive trees and you can put an olive hedge in there and you can trim it however you want to trim it 
And uh, when they're established, they're pretty darn drought tolerant. And they're very low maintenance when they're established. And olive trees will grow on the west side of that wall. You'd want to plant them in the spring, you know, fairly early soon. And uh, and you can grow them up to whatever height you want to. You could have them 8 feet or 10 feet, whatever you want to do. Yeah, at least, and, yeah. and we have a vertical mm-hmm. one called a Mount Royal olive that grows up kind of taller and narrower. And, um, okay. you know, it'll take it. It won't be as fast as hop seed. But, right, no, Mount but, Royal. But, yeah. but it will also be a long-term solution. Right, you know? right. No, I'd, I'd like a long. So Mount Ro- uh, Royal. Um, olive, yeah. Uh, olive. Um, there's a lot of, uh, I have some other plants there. And again, the pool is probably, uh, maybe I could rip out the plants. Um, I had some desert plants. Do you know how wide, or I know we could trim them. Yeah, the olives you could trim pretty much however you want them. You, you would probably want to keep them two to three foot wide. You know, historically, we used to use a lot of sour orange, too, and they were good by the pool yes. because they gave you the privacy no, and I, they yeah, also but security, they, right. you know. And, but they're right, going to take more they, water. But they but they do do a pretty nice job, too. And if you look around Paradise Valley, there's beautiful sour orange hedges like that. Right. No, no, they're nice, but they drop a, and they take some work. Yeah, well, and, everything, uh, you know, yeah. if you're going to keep it in a hedge form, is going to take some work. You know, yeah, you can even grow sages, like the big sages, like a green cloud sage. You know, you can grow it up that tall, too. It'll take a couple of years, but it'll do it. Really? Green cloud? Yes, I have green cloud, but you'd have to kind of shape it again. Yeah, tall, you'll, 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 be, you'll, be, you'll be cutting the, the side off. What do you have out to the other side, you know, the other side of the wall out in front of this area where you want the hedge? Okay, um, let's see. Well, my favorite is one creosote. Uh-huh. And uh, then I have some uh, some kind of palm trees, uh, a couple of those that are growing very slowly uh, right up against the fence. And then I had the fig vines that they've been there for 10 years. You know what, Barbara, very slow. Hold, hold on for one second here. We're going to have to take a break. I'm going to put you on hold and uh, oh. we'll be right back with you. Okay. Thank you. And we'll be right back after this short break with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, we have a line available, a number to call, 602-277-5827. Up the magic dragon, lived by the sea, and frolicked in the autumn mist in a land called Hanali. And sealing wax and other fancy stuff. Oh, up the magic dragon lived by the sea and frolicked in the autumn mist in a land called Hanali. Up the magic dragon lived by the sea and frolicked in the autumn mist in a land called Hanali. Those dragons uh, live forever. Beautiful day out there. And uh, we'll get right back to the phones. We do have a couple lines available. A number to call 602-277-5827. Jerry and Tolleson, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Hi, Jerry. Yeah. Hi, hi. <laughs> uh, they, uh, yeah, I've got a customer. It's got uh, a probably a 30-year-old olive tree. That's going south. It's uh, like a five-trunk multi. And uh, two of the trunks 
are just drying up. Uh, one of the trunks has got a tuft of greenery in it, but for the most part, it's dead. And I don't know, is uh, pool water yeah, a culprit there? Well, that would be a lot of salt, maybe, Jerry, if they're backwashing the pool into it all the time. Um, you know, olives are usually pretty darn tough. Um, you know, tougher than most plants. And so this is one you've been you know, tending to for a while? Yes, for quite a while. Um, and, uh, you know, if you want to kind of help with that, what you might want to do is give it a big, pretty big shot of soil sulfur, you know, and you can work a lot of sulfur in around it and kind of drop the pH and maybe move, move the pool water away from it. Have you ever fertilized it? No. Well, now would be the perfect time. Uh, not only because the tree's unhappy, but but also because spring's coming. This is when it's going to put out its most growth. So I would use like a sixteen eight four citrus food on it, and maybe throw in an extra ten or fifteen pounds of sulfur, and kind of work that in around the tree, and uh, see if you can't get it to pop out a lot of new growth. And then you know at that point, come back and prune it back heavily, let it rebalance itself. Is alkalichi is very good. Alkalichi is better than the sulfur. Alkalichi yeah. would be a great product to, to put around it. And you get on a big tree and you use a whole gallon of alkalichi and just spread it out with a sprinkler can all around the tree and water it in. But that would be a very good choice, Jerry. You think a gallon, one gallon of it would work? Yeah, I think a, a gallon for a tr- one tree. Yeah, I take a whole gallon. Yeah. It's not going to hurt it. Yeah. You know, one one thing that uh, is amazing with, with acid, when you put it on the ground and our pH is so high, it's amazing how much, you know, our pH will neutralize acid and how quick it, it happens. So, but the alkalichi is a good product. And uh, I never had to fertilize an olive tree in my life. But, well, I mean, usually um, when we want them to grow slow, you know, and, and not do a lot of maintenance on them, that's normally a thing. But, you know, because it's hurting, I, I would hit it with the alkalichi, come back with some citrus food, see if you could pop some new growth on it, and then maybe do some major pruning to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. All um, right, Jerry. Here's a, tip. here's a tip. Yes, sir? Um, for your uh, for coffee drinkers, put your leftover coffee on your house plants. Oh, the coffee itself. Yeah, I mean, that's even got, that's easier than using the grounds, huh? The water my house plants with leftover coffee, and they seem to love it. Well, thanks for the tip, Jerry. Have a nice weekend. Appreciate the call. You betcha. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Nancy and Gilbert's up next, and Ronnie, and then it could be you. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning. How are you today? Excellent. Good. I have some questions for you this this morning. Um, we have a Orange Bell Wine Jubilee um, plant, and it's on the southeast corner of our lot. We've had it in there for about a year and a half. And it doesn't seem to be growing. Um, It's just like my husband's tried to, um, you know, water it more and give it some fertilizer, but it doesn't seem to be growing. Can you help us out with that? Well, one thing, Nancy, there's a lot of different orange-colored, you know, yellow bells. Okay, so Orange Jubilee is a giant one, and then it's just a regular straight orange. But there's one called Bells of Fire, which is more of a reddish orange, and there are some others. 
Okay, and there's okay. Sparky, which is another one. Looks like the ASU kind of color. But some yeah. of these are much smaller dwarf plants. So not all of the orange type of Arizona yellow bells or Tacoma stands are going to grow the same. So it might just oh. be that one of the cult you might have one of the cultivars that doesn't grow as large. Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. So if you really want All a right. giant one, you really need Orange Jubilee, and that's a monster. But uh, many that's of the others okay. are, you know, have been bred specifically to to live in captivity in smaller spaces. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, my next question is: I have a poinsettia plant. I've had it for two years, and it survived the heat and the weather we've had. But right now, it's um, on the patio. It's shaded a little bit, mm-hmm. and it looks a little leggy, and it still has leaves. And I don't want to get rid of it so what can i do can i trim it yet absolutely you can prune it back right now and it's warm enough now where it's going to come back and fill in so you can you can yeah. prune it back you know, substantially and just really prune it back right now and it'll fill back in you know they're really a fun beautiful plant and before we had white flies here you know back in the early 80s yeah. there were a lot of uh-huh. poinsettias that were growing around town and you know the hillside areas which were more frost free but uh, we we yeah. haven't seen as many with the white flies but now with the the you know lack of cotton being grown around the valley and the, the you know increased yeah. Residential, um, the white flies haven't been as big a problem. So plants like poinsettias can probably be grown here a lot more successfully again. Okay, it's a potted plant too. Does that make any difference? It's well, it's a, a lot plant. easier, especially if you're in Gilbert, because if you leave it out in the cold, it's going to freeze. So having yeah. it in a container in Gilbert is, is you know very advantageous, so you can move it and mm-hmm. protect it from the frost. Yeah. Um, one more question: I have a Mexican fence post. Um, plant that we've propagated to put in the front yard. Can you put different kinds of um, fence posts in the same hole? You can do whatever you want. There's no rules or regulations. There's no cactus police going to show up and tell you you're crazy. It's going to look yeah, a little different. Yeah. <laughs> You're very, hey. Well, you told me how to propagate it a long time ago. Uh-huh. Just. You can't kill them. I guess those are just great plants. Well, a lot, of, lot of, a lot of those, a lot of the cirrus, a lot of those are very easy to propagate. But uh, just be mindful of the fact it's going to look a little different. You know, as they mature, I mean, most of those cactus naturally grow up with multiple arms into a big cluster yes, plant. And uh, hey, if you want to mix them up, I'm not going to tell you no. Go right ahead. Okay, thank it's you. It's going to so look much. a little Have different, a but uh, that's up to you. Yeah. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. You too, Nancy. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ronnie and Chandler. Good morning, Ronnie. All right, Brian. i got a few simple things. Can I trim my peppers up? Yeah. Not a bad time to cut peppers at all. Just don't do it to tomatoes. And what about um, the hibiscus? Absolutely. Um, you know, just keep in mind that if you cut them back, you know, too much, or how, are they? did they freeze this winter, Ronnie, or are they, are they just going to reduce no. their size? No, now's no, a, the now, leaves are just looking a little, not, not so green. Yeah, well, now's a great time to reduce their size. Good time to fertilize them as well. They're going to grow a lot faster after it hits 80. You know, they really, even at 70, they're just barely waking up. But when it hits 80, they'll kick right in. Also, these gardenias are driving me nuts. You told me to put some mirror acid on there. I mm-hmm. found some soil sulfur, but it's like 90% sulfur. It says. Yeah, it is. Uh-huh. And p- part of the problem is that they're between the houses, and there's only like, 10 or 12 feet there, so they only get sunlight when it's right over the top of them. Mm-hmm. So they're just not blooming really? No, they just look sad. They just look 
Gradley and Woody and well, you know, you know, they really want some sun. Gardenias will do best on an eastern exposure if they're beech eyes, the regular common gardenia. And uh, mm-hmm. so it'd be better to transplant them where they get you know sun six eight hours a day in the morning. Okay. All right, I'll try the acid thing on them and then see what happens, and maybe I'll plant some other ones on the other side. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Ronnie. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And it looks like uh, Mr. Barrett's running into the studio here. It's time to find out what's happened in the world. Joe and Scottsdale, you'll be up next after the break. In the meantime, we've got four lines available. All you have to do is give Shira a call. Number to call 602-277-5827. 277-KTR. And you can be up after Joe. When we come back after the news, we find out what's happened in the world with Mr. Troy Barrett. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 9 with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on 92.3 FM KTAR. Sunday morning. Looks like we have one line left. That's all you have to do is give uh, Miss Shira a call at 602-277-5827. You can be up after Willie and Avondale. But right now, we're going to Joe and Scottsdale. Good morning, Joe. Uh, good morning. Hey, Brian. I've got a lemon tree that this year, it's growing lots and lots of fruit, but the leaves are about 60% kind of or green and then kind of a yellowy color. Um, usually they're pretty green and, uh, like I said, got plenty of fruit, maybe more fruit than leaves this year. So you might have a problem with some soil fungus or phytophthora. There's a couple ways to tell. Number one, go look at the a tree and see if you see any sap bleeding out on it anywhere or if the okay. trunk looks like it's wet, you know, and it's staying wet when you haven't been watering. And that would be a sign right. of a soil fungus. Okay. Um, the other way to tell is to dig up some roots on the tree. And if you okay. dig up some roots and they're kind of soft and mushy, they're not bright and white and growing, uh, that would be a sign of soil fungus. So we'd want to treat that right away. And you okay. treat it with a combination of Monterey disease control, which is a All bacteria right. that eats fungus, and then probably also come in with some copper sulfate. And you can use okay. the two together. And uh, we right. used to only have the copper sulfate, but the Monterey disease control, the bacteria, seems to work pretty well, too. Okay. I'll give it a shot. All right. Thanks, Joe. Thank, thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Mary in Phoenix, good morning. Good morning. I have a Texas ash that has been in the ground about two and a half years now, and it's just starting to bud out, and I wondered if I should fertilize it, and if so, when? Uh, today. Okay. <laughs> if you like. I mean, it's ready. It's waking up. And uh, you can use like a citrus food or a 10-10-10, you know, anything like that's fine. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Mary. Bye-bye. Uh, Roseanne up in the Tonto Basin. Good morning, Roseanne. 
Good morning. Well, now I have two questions. My first question is when to use a pre-emergent for the weeds? Um, our weather's just been going, it's just kind of high rolling. And, and so when is it going to be the best time? Well, it's before the weeds germinate. Okay. Before you see any of them, you use the pre-emergent. And if you haven't done it already and you haven't seen any weeds, now would be the time. Okay. Um, so there's there's nothing to do with the temperature being above sixty degrees. Well, or you want to use it. Of- you want to use it before you need it because the idea of a pre-emergent is to create a barrier uh-huh. where the seeds won't germinate. So if you wait till okay. it's warm enough for the seeds to germinate, your chances of missing the seeds and having weeds is a problem. So put it on now. Okay. Put it on now. Okay. And then my other question, um, a gal called about a poinsettia, mm-hmm. and we did have a huge poinsettia when we lived in Mesa. I mean, it was it was so beautiful. Now I have one that's about two years old, but this year, you know, it lasted through the summer, but I keep it inside. It's really beautiful, and uh, but it never turns red. It never flowers. It never does anything, but it is a pretty just green plant. Well, Will it ever Flower or turn it's gonna need or- it's gonna need enough light, Roseanne. Okay, so it's gonna need to be outdoors, you know, with a bright light, you know, in, uh-huh. in the summertime. Okay. Oh and, and okay. then and then it's going to need to have the days shorten, you know, unnaturally if you want to try to get it to bloom at Christmas. So when you go to uh, you know, production for poinsettias, what they do is they dark out the greenhouses so that basically they think that they're you know, they think that it's December, you know, in October. And by, by cutting the light down in the fall, then they, they force the bracts to break out, and that's when they come into bloom. Because poinsettias naturally bloom in January, February. Okay. But, but if you don't mind just blooming in January or February, as long as it has enough light outdoors, it should do fine. And then you're going to have to bring it indoors um, before it freezes. I, I just found every summer, if I try and put it out, it just fries. Well, it's because you know, you're it's, moving it from inside to outside at an inopportune time. Okay. Uh-huh. So as soon as the frost is over, if you'd move it outside in the sun, it'll look a little wimpy, but it'll be okay. The other problem is you probably have it in a very light potting soil. And being in a very light potting soil, you're going to have to water it a lot outside in a container. Ah. You know, and if they were growing, that's like the one you had mesa growing in the ground. Of course, its roots were in the ground, so it had very dense mesa clay soil and was happy in that. Oh, yeah. But but you're growing it in that container, you know, make it a lot different. So, you know, it sounds like you're enjoying it as it is, but if you really want it to bloom, it's going to need more light the summertime. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You have a wonderful day. You too, I Roseanne. enjoy your show so much and learn so much. Well, thanks for being part of have it. A- All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, let's see. Next up, we got that Willie and Avondale. But, hey, Willie, nobody called behind you yet. So somebody needs to call after Willie. The number call 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Willie. Hey. Hi, Brian. Hey, I'm looking for a variety of apple tree that would do good here. Well, the most common are Anna and Dorset. And both, oh, okay. both of those do very well here. 
and they're very yeah. prolific. So you're going to get a, you know, a big crop of apples. The downside to growing apples here in the Valley, Willie, is you get an awful lot of apples that are going to ripen the end of June. So you're going to have a lot of baked apples on the trees unless you're going to, you know, do something with them. You know, if you're going to can them or do something like that, you could use that many apples. Or if you got a horse, you know, you can feed them to the horse. But uh, apple trees are very prolific here. Anna's and Dorsets do very well, but you're going to have a lot of fruit. Oh, yeah, that's okay. Hey, I just wanted to say I liked when you uh, told that lady there's no cactus belief. <laughs> people people overthink all this stuff. Well, you know, Willie, you know, the, the sad part is... You know, I was I stand corrected because actually here in Arizona, we do have cactus police as part of the Arizona Department <laughs> of Agriculture. But what they're doing is making sure that the cactus aren't robbed from the desert. The ones you're growing from your cuttings to your house, you're fine. Okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Willie. Bye bye. Uh, Kathy and PV. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. I have uh, to ask you, how do I grow an avocado plant from an avocado seed? Pretty darn easy, Kathy, but you're not going to probably get avocados off the avocado plant. So you can no, take, like yeah, you, you can buy your, you know, Haas avocado, let it sit and ripen, enjoy your avocado. And then you can just take that seed and plant it about the depth of the seed in a light potting soil in a pot. And especially like in March or April, and then put it out on a patio if you want. Keep the pot watered, it'll germinate and come right up. You could pre-soak so, it in water if you want to first for a few days, but it'll come up yeah. whether you put it right in the soil or pre-soak it. Is it the uh, right side up or the the stem side up or what? No, just put it down horizontal in the so the long shape of the seed. Just bury it horizontally yeah. in the pot, and it'll 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 find its way. Okay, and then just cover it with uh, dirt. Yeah, use just a light potting soil and keep the soil moist. That's a- that sounds easy. I used. I was told to use it. Put it in water. You can grow them in uh, water as well. Yeah. No, you you can certainly grow avocados in water too. I mean, a lot of people well, do. And, yeah, and you could uh, just put it halfway uh, in water mm-hmm. and. Uh, with toothpicks, hold the other half right, out. Right, like in a plastic bottle, and stick some toothpicks to it, and yeah, you know, or, you know what really Either would way. work well would be those pickup sticks, you know, or little skewers, and uh, just yeah. put them through and hold it that way. You can do that. That's fine too. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kathy. You're good. We'll have Thank fun. You. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, Jackie and Waddell, good morning. Hi, Brian. Um, I have two questions. Um, I have a Methley plum tree. Mm-hmm. We planted it about four years ago, mm-hmm. and um, it still hasn't produced any fruit. Uh, maybe a couple, two or three, and then then they, they fall off. and then. Jackie, it's so just not a- quite cold enough. And we just haven't had cold winters. Now, is it blooming yet? Um, uh, I haven't looked out there lately. So, okay. it, may, um, it may have fruit this year, okay? Because this okay. year we've had a cooler winter. And it's, you know, it's just a little bit more hours of chill than what we normally have. Um, so you might find that it has fruit this year. But uh, okay. you'd be better off with like a beauty plum which uh, is okay. one that's going to bloom here more regularly with our climate uh, because of the of the weather here in the low chill hours. Okay. And and so do I need it? When do I fertilize that? Well, you can fertilize it right now before okay. before right. before it starts to bloom, but moderation, don't put too much, you don't want to burn the blooms off it. Okay. And my next question is we now we have a, a Chinese pistache that we got also about 3 4 years ago and it's planted in our back pasture and now we're wanting to 
redo the back pasture and there's there's talk about wanting to dig it up and replant it is that something that's gonna will that tree survive that or? it probably would jackie but you'd have to do it right away before it buds out Okay. So, okay. I mean, it's, you know, and the, and the pistachio is going to want to root pretty deep. If at all possible, I just work around it. Has it been growing pretty well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's probably about maybe 10, 15 feet. The, di- the base, the diameter so, is maybe about three feet. No, excuse me. Three inches. Three inches. Yeah. <laughs> Three feet. You'd have the jack and the beanstalk pistachio, Jackie. I'm going to come to your house enough. and get get some cuttings or something. But no, or maybe not. Maybe it would eat the whole valley. But at any rate, if you can work around, it'll be a lot better for the tree because it is now well established and it will yeah. definitely stunt the tree. So I would try just to work around it unless you didn't want it in that location. But, you know, if by any chance you can possibly leave it in that spot, it's going to be much happier. Okay, I'll 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 let them know that. No, nah, you, you, you just tell them. Don't let them know. You you can advise them, Jackie. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I like that word. There, there, there's something with a woman's voice that uh, puts fear in the life of all men. Yeah, that's right. It's pretty irritating sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, women have this great power over men, Jackie, and I, I'm sure you can handle that. All right. Well, we'll see what we can do. Oh, good luck. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Barry, Merrill, and Mark and Barbara. But if you'd like to be after Barbara, all you have to do is give Shira a call during the break. The number to call is 602-277-5827. 277-KTR. It's Brian and Shira here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM with the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. Yes, I grew up, but I swear she never grew old. Sometimes I put on a favorite sweater when I'm all alone and the world feels cold.
And I'm like, because of Dee Dee. And she was definitely beautiful. But I'll invite you out to come see our family this week. Uh, you know, Whitfields, we've got a big family here in town. And uh, we've been growing trees here now for four generations. Hard to lose part of your, your family and your best friends, but, you know, it's part of life. And, and they get to go to a better place. But come out and see us. You know, we've got beautiful trees, all kinds, all sizes, from 15 gallons to big 72-inch box. If you need trees, any kind, any size, we deliver plant guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. We've been doing it here since the 1940s, and my grandparents started this thing, and we have a lot of fun. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern. Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Whitfield Nursery for four generations. Growing trees here for Arizona's future. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Barry and Tempe. Hello, Barry. Hey, good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. Morning, sir. Hey, listen. I just converted my uh, backyard to natu- uh, to artificial turf from from real grass, and I've got a big bag of lawn fertilizer <laughs> that I'd rather not just throw away. I don't okay. know how many neighbors will need it. Uh-huh. I mean, can I use it on my trees and shrubs? Absolutely. Was it twenty one seven fourteen probably? Yeah, yes, it is. And that's excellent fertilizer, and it's perfect for this time of year because it's got ammonium nitrate in it. So you can use that on trees and shrubs and things. Barry, do you have any big trees in the area that was once lawn is now artificial turf? Um, in the area, uh, no. Okay, uh, that's good. <laughs> then we're not trying to replace yeah. the water to them. But no, now would be a great okay, time, no. and that's that's a good fertilizer. In fact, it's really one of the best. But you have to be careful not to put too much on because it is made from ammonium nitrate, so it will release quickly. So fertilize uh-huh. away, and now is the perfect time. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Barry. Bye bye. Uh, Marilyn and Mesa. Good morning, Marilyn. Hi, um, I have about a five-foot Lisbon lemon tree that grew six lemons first time this year, and it's on my patio, which is small, and I want to clip some branches off. Can I do it at this time? The very perfect day to do it, Marilyn. Go out there and kind of prune it up and give it a little shape, and you'll find out that over the next two weeks, it's going to go into bloom, and you're going to get some more lemons, and you know you can prune it periodically throughout the year, but if you want to really reduce oh, really? the size much, Today's the day. Oh, good. And I give it one scoop of fertilizer a month. Is that correct? Well, it sounds like it's happy the way you're growing it. I wouldn't change things. You know, there's nothing like success, Marilyn. Okay. And do I cut those branches at the bottom or in the middle or where? Does it matter? (laughs) Well, what you'll probably want to do is just reduce the overall size. Okay. And if Uh you open a lemon tree up a little bit, so if you got long shoots that are coming out the top, it wouldn't hurt Uh to remove the whole shoot because if you get more flowering on the inside, you're going to get your very best fruit on the inside. So you can open up one, especially if you're keeping in captivity a little bit. So Uh open it up, prune it, thin it back. Okay. Almost like you were going to thin or open up a rose bush, but you know you don't want to cut oh. it back so much you take off all the wood that's going to bloom. So thin it back you know, and reduce its size a little and uh, keep your fertilizer program you're doing. It sounds like it's working exceedingly well. Well, thank you so much. Have a beautiful weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye. You too. Uh, Barbara in Phoenix. Good morning, Barbara. Hello there. I, um, I live in a... Um, an apartment. I've been here for 38 years. They don't care anything about the um, the grass, the land, the 
soil, so it's never been amended. I have a little uh, garden area. Uh-huh. Well, um, I was losing ground cover, any kind of ground cover, and the, the lawn people brought in Wedalia. Well, I have been trying to spread this Wedalia for about four years, and it's coming along nicely. But now I have got every kind of weed that you can imagine. Some things, I've lived here all my life, which was is 92 years, and I've never seen some of these weeds. Well, it's been absolutely, Barbara, probably the nicest year you've seen in 92. If you go back to our monsoon season and right through right. this winter and this cool November we had, I mean, this has been pretty fantastic. And right. weeds, weeds like it, too. <laughs> well, I know. I'm wondering. Um, now, I don't know. Probably it's too late for, um, uh, what do you call the that? Pre-emergent, uh-huh. Yeah. Would it kill Wedalia? The pre-emergent? No. But the pre-emergent's not going to stop the weeds that are already germinated. So, um, you know, really what you'd probably want to do is, is cut or hoe all the weeds out that are there. Okay, and then go ahead and put your pre-emergent down, even though it's late. It'll stop the next crop from coming in. Oh, great. Okay, I was always really wor- worried about using pre-emergent on Wedalia. No, it won't, it won't harm the Wedalia at all. Good deal. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks, Barbara. Bye-bye. Uh-huh, bye. Uh, Kim and Scott still. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, Kim, you know what? Um, I'm going to take your call, but I'm going to take it off the air because we're out of time. So I'm going to put you on hold. I'll be right back when we get off the air. And thanks for all the calls today, folks. Enjoy and love each other. And remember all those special times and moments we can share with friends and family and loved ones. But let's let's encourage that movement to include everyone. It's nice just to say hi and I love you to people walking down the street. We'll be back with you next Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Tom and Pete will get you too. Bye.